0: Hello, and welcome to Hash Rugby Chat, episode one. Today, we're going to be talking about the Lions Super Rugby and uh, the Fiji as well. We have got four of the franchises covered off here in New Zealand, um, because this is a show coming to you from the land of the long white cloud for rugby fans. And let's start at the bottom of the world in uh, Invercargill. we have the man behind Cornflakes Crib. How are you doing, Steve?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it, talking about some rugby. I always have lots to say.
0: Well, that's good because we've got a full hour to fill. So let's, uh, let's see how you. you know get my on.
1: Channels, it's easy.
0: <laughs> Moving away, up, we're going to skip over uh, Crusader Country and head to Wellington, the capital. And our man by the Parliament is Will from Rugby Numbers. How are you doing?
1: Hey,
2: good, Paul. Thanks for having me back on. Obviously, I said something interesting enough last time.
0: <laughs> well, last time I was at a beer festival, so um, I'm not sure I was that sober to remember much. Perhaps I should watch that one back. Well, let's wait, wait and see. Um, and, geez, I'm on the homebrew, by the way. I don't know how everyone else is doing. And finally, um, we get to Hamilton where we have Mike from the, the uh, rugby writer and radio host. How are you doing, sir?
3: Good, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's kick off. Let's say five questions over the next hour. The first one up is so the Lions obviously won the second test and I'm gonna um I've gone blank as to what the scores. Um twenty four twenty one was it? Or no? I think, yep. so. I think so. Twenty-four twenty one, that's right. Um so I'm trying to forget Please. it. Stop reminding me. Oh, (laughs) Derek. So where was the um, the second test won for the Lions? Um, And as you've got so much to say, Steve, we'll kick off with you.
1: Where do you start? For me, uh, two things probably stood out the most. um, Red card and defence. I think they're the two biggest things. Um, Red card kicked it all off. The Lions tried to lose it as well as they could, but um, their defence came through. I think they played pretty well in their final 10 minutes. And I think... Any side that can keep the All Blacks tryless, obviously, is a pretty big deal. And you know, credit to them that that's how they got their defence and sorted that match.
0: And we got, so we got let's let's as we have kicked off on the red card straight away. Uh, any complaints from anyone around the red card, or are we com- comfortable with how how that was um, officiated?
2: No, hundred percent of red card. I think I've seen very little commentary throughout the week um, uh, criticising the decision. I think um, possibly purists from back in the day would say it wasn't a red card, but under the new rules, there's just no arguing. You know, no arms in the head. It's got to be a red card.
0: Yeah. So this the whole shoulder barge is definitely off. Uh, is, is is not allowed. And then as soon as it hit the head, yeah, he was he was a goner um, with that one. Uh, but as you say, the lions try. As Steve said, the lions tried to lose it. Um, to me, it was a good game up until that red card, and then it all just fell apart, really, as a game um, more than anything else. Yeah. Um, anyone, uh, what happened there? Do you think?
3: I think um, the the Lions were sort of taken aback by um, Kaino leaving the field. To be fair, you know, when Sunny Bill got the the red card you'd expect to be going up against the a back line with one down and and particularly in that midfield it's a pretty big gap, isn't it? So um taking Kano off the field was a stroke of genius from Hansen and uh the Lions uh just they would like Justin Marshall said on the air, they were disgraceful really, um from from there on out and and lucky to win. Great defence though. I've got to say, uh, dis-
0: disgraceful in the sense of giving up too many cards, it's not disgraceful in the sense of actually doing a, a dirty play per mm, se. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. To- yeah, I think uh, they sort of collectively had a bit of a shocker there, didn't they? Uh, Warren Gatlin made a number of comments about keeping the penalty count down. He was frustrated with how much they'd been penalised in the um, first test. And gosh, they just went out and did the opposite, didn't they? I think there was a few comments about um, how they were unprepared to play against 14 men from such an early point in the game. Uh, I think there was one particular kick. I can't remember who it was. One of the outside backs, um, which would have gone to the fullback if there'd been one there. And then it just rolled dead. And so I think um, both teams were just thrown off their game completely. And uh, I think the Lions managed to get it together in time um, to score a couple of tries at the end. I think uh, another point is that the All Blacks got a taste of their own medicine. They're used to running teams off the park in the last uh, 20, 15 of the match. And they were just knackered from having to defend without an extra man. And I think they, you can see a few hands on knees and a few people slow to get back up again. Uh, I don't think they're accustomed to being like that, even with the addition of their subs at the end of the match. Yeah, two, two points just quickly as well. Um
3: you know, those last two Lions tries were in that, in that last 20, as, as you alluded, and, and typically that's when the All Blacks are most strongest. Um, but also, Brian and Barrett, a couple of... We've all talked about his goal kicking, but, um, you know, the chip kicks just didn't work. And there were a couple of occasions in that match, particularly in the last minute, where we tried a chip kick and, uh, you know, it, it's worked up until now and, and it kind of came back to bite them in the backside, really.
2: Yeah, Yeah. agreed. I guess I don't want to come come across across as being too too, um, dismissive dismissive of the Lions' victory. I mean, it's it's the All Blacks' fault that they had 14 men for the match, and there's no way around that. You've just got to move on and deal with the consequences. Um, There's been another comment here on uh, Twitter from Sohear Osman, who says, with the red card uh, and when the Lions player managed to escape red for the exact same thing. What do you think about that? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, the Lions supporter will step in here. Um, It was... (laughs) I've seen a lot of things, a lot of two, a lot of two, two pictures going. Uh, if this was red, why wasn't this? Um, Sonny Bill Williams went into a tackle with a shoulder charge, um, and, uh, and, and 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 caught somebody in the head. Um, whereas the other one was a clear out. Yes, he went through and off his feet, uh, but we saw we've seen Sam Kane doing that. We've seen players from both sides doing that on the clear outs. Uh, and really, what Vonnie Polo went off for was more the repeat offence um, rather than the dangerous offense which is why it was yellow rather than red um and yeah as i say i personally don't think it was yes it was it was a silly thing to do but i I don't think it was any more dangerous than a lot of others you've got Bowden barrett was rolling around on the floor at the time so he's moving he's moving so you're not sure what you're going to hit as you go in Um, and as i say in a ruck situation you've got that happening all the time um so i don't think it was personally the same sort of thing
1: I have an interesting comment on here, um, from YouTube already, um, talking about, it's going back another week, but consistency of referees, which is my favourite subject, and how this test was uh, different to the first test, when apparently, the comment says, the All Blacks targeted on Farrell um, in a similar kind of way. So, interested on everyone's thoughts about that. Yeah.
0: Okay, there wasn't any consistency. To, to me, I think it was it went both ways. So the, the other one was um, when we had uh, Cody Taylor um, took out Owen Farrell with a clear shoulder charge. Now, Mako uh, then uh, took out um, uh, Bowden Barrett, but it wasn't a clear shoulder charge. So he, he he was making some vague attempt at blocking the ball, which was he was never going to make, um, and then went through him rather than, uh, or, um, or the glancing blow, rather than Cody Taylor, who went in with a dropped shoulder. Um, and uh, yeah, Cody Taylor got away with it. And Mako got a, um, got a penalty. So um, there was inconsistencies across the park. Uh, and yeah, I don't think it was just one way. And I think you're talking about Murray being targeted in the first test with his leg by Kano rather than Farrell. But yeah.
2: Um, just uh, jumping in there, um, focusing on a more positive, positive aspect, um, Javid yeah. Ali's made a comment on Twitter um, in response to the question, where was the game, won and lost, uh, at 10 and 12. Brilliant game by those two. Came into their own in the second half. Is that something
0: you'd agree with? Came into their own in the last 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we saw there the reason that La came on was that with um, was that the Lions were looking at playing an expansive game. Um, I know a lot of people thought, oh, look, it's two kickers on the pitch. It is, but it's also two guys who can pass. And let's be honest, Teo can't pass, and Jonathan Davis can't pass. And if both your centres can't pass... The ball's never reaching um, your wingers. And I think that's what we saw there was that the, 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 the lines um, forced the Lamapi change by, having, by, by showing that they were looking to play an expansive game plan. Um, and therefore, the, the seven against eight forwards, as you say, got tired, And that's where the game was perhaps won at the end.
1: Are yeah, you surprised yeah. that um, Gatlin didn't go to his bench a bit more in that last match?
0: The, yeah, I, I thought I, at the time I thought he was uh, making a big mistake not going to his bench um, and he could have really run run the legs a bit more because uh, uh, I think we only had two players off the bench. Um, so, but um, so yeah, no, he sh- I think he should have changed more. I've heard other podcasts talking about it saying that it was the um, the perfect. Uh, the, the, yeah, he got justified wonderful selections, and I'm like, I think the Lions got out of jail here. Bowden Barrett's kicking, and they didn't use the bench. Uh, The other point that we should clear, should probably cover off on before we move on um, is, was there any, uh, say Grossman again, was there any punishment for that swinging arm that knocked a New Zealand player out? There wasn't, but um, the sighting cleared him. What are your guys' views on that? Because I know what mine is.
2: Well, it's hard to say, right? Because one thing that we're seeing a lot um, in the modern game is that uh, regardless regardless of intent, if there's been, um, you know, like, like taking a player out in the air, for example, if they land on their head, it's considered to be a worse offence than if they land on their shoulder, which is something that's um, caused a bit of controversy. And I think in, in this particular case, a player got knocked out. Whether it was intentional or not, you could make an argument that, uh, I can't remember who the Lions player was, um, was at fault. And it sure O'Brien have been, O'Brien. Sean O'Brien, um, it's hard to see how that could be a red card. I would have thought that would have been an overreaction, but I think there's definitely um, grounds for... I don't think <clears even throat> it was <throat> even a penalty P- awarding at the time, was there?
0: No, there wasn't. And to me, it was a guy joining a um, binding his arm round the player and hitting a guy behind, his, uh, behind uh, an unsighted player. So for me, because he's binding on... Um, it's not a to me, it wasn't a swinging arm to the head, it was a binding arm that then hit a head because of where the player was that, that was that was behind the player he was binding onto.
2: sure. And I guess, I guess the comment I was uh, badly trying to make is that what we're seeing is even in the case of accidental uh, injuries and accidental sort of clumsy challenges and things, we have seen players sent off, sent off things like that in the past that they're, they're, they're taking any contact of the head extremely seriously. And I think that's perhaps where the argument comes from that it could have been, been a yellow card. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, it got
0: ruled a rugby incident in the end, um, which, as I say, as you can tell from what I'm saying, I think it was a correct decision. Uh, but um, you're right. With the tackle, it's it's I think the, the, the terminology they've used is, uh, could you reasonably expect to have hit the head? Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's why we're seeing these things where, yeah, if you aim for the chest, there's a fair chance you're going to hit the head. So you're supposed to, it's about bringing that down, isn't it? Any last points before we move on to question two?
2: There's just a comment on Twitter here which is, um, echoes something I've heard a lot this week um, from Hamish who says, uh, They, the Lions, have the team to beat us fair and square, but I don't think last week's game would have been one against 15 men.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. Yep, I'd agree with that too. Easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, that said that they, they, they got out of jail because of Barrett's kicking um otherwise we would have lost it even if it was 14. so moving on then what changes to the size do you see happening for the eden park test which just as a just to get everyone just i'm going to but anyway go on.
3: i think i think they've got to bring in Malachi, I think fikatara to start you know um there might be, yes he's had a great season i think he's the second top try scorer in super rugby or something did well and his all that debut especially given the situation but i think Not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, to me, Hanson's been a a pretty loyal um, selector and it was a surprise to me anyway that Fikitao wasn't there in the first place. So um, I reckon he needs to start. Um, But apart from that, I wouldn't change the All Blacks and I certainly just on the Lions would not change um, Sexton and Farrell, that combination. If they do that, you're going to be major problems.
2: So sorry Michael, are you suggesting that um you'd have Fikatoa and Leonard Brown starting in yep, yep. Laomapi on the bench? Yep, definitely. Yep. Yeah, I thought Laomapi um did what he was there to do, right? The guy's, you know clearly one of his parents is a fridge. He's absolutely a unit. And he made a couple of big block busting sort of half-breaks, dragging four or five defenders with him. And I think that's basically all that was asked of him. He definitely had a bit of a weak game defensively, but he was part of a um, team that was a man down. So I think you can't um, be too concerned about having him on the bench for the third test. I think he's uh, definitely going to rise to the occasion.
1: Yeah, i definitely agree with both of you. I think the same. I think I'd go with Fikita as... I, before the squad was even announced, if was in my All Black team, and would have been, you know, right up there in contention to starting in the first test, if I was All Black selector. Um, the only other contentious issue would be on the wings, is the big talk again.
0: Well, um, no, no. Before you move on to the wings, I'm going to disagree with you guys. Um, okay. The, <laughs> I be I mean, the, I, I think we're going to, I, I think we're going to see Lamapi and Antonietti Brown. I think Hansen's uh, very much, as you say, he's a consistent selector. Uh, Lamapi, you're the guy that's originally in the squad, therefore you're the next off the rank, and you get the starting spot. Um, and then we have Fekitoa coming onto um, coming onto the bench. Is 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 Mike? um on the assumption that um, Goodhue is it or Godwin? Goodhue, 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 uh, who is also in the squad as an injury replacement, um, doesn't um, get called up. It does lead to a very inexperienced midfield. I agree. Um, We're probably about less than 10 caps between them, but um, yeah, it is. I, th- I think that's how it will go.
2: Yeah, although you wouldn't know it to watch um, Anton Leonard Brown play, I think he's uh, widely recognised as looking like he's been there for a while. Um, the other comment to make about Fikitoa is he's quite a divisive player. People seem to either love him or hate him, you know, and uh, he sometimes gets criticised for his poor decision-making, and he can be a bit of a white line fever uh, non-passer on attack. Uh, it must be... It's, it's frustrating for me, and I'm not even a Highlands fan, you know. Um but uh, he, I, on the other side of that, he has been very strong defensively. I mean, it's easy he to easy think to of think a, couple a couple of examples in the past where he's flown up out of the, the line, missed the his tackle, successful. and conceded a try. But, but that's, probably that's probably true, true for true most for backline players. players. I think, I think he, he is actually, you know, you know obviously, obviously being selected, selected for, a for a reason.
0: Well, I've just heard that. So i um looking at online uh, NZ Rugby Quizzes reckons
2: that Crotty is going to be fit. Oh. Really? So then going by your original um, comment, Paul, we'd expect to see probably Laomapi, Leonard Brown starting, uh, uh, sorry, Crotty, Leonard Brown starting and Laomapi on the bench.
0: Absolutely. I, I think if Crotty is fit, uh, my, my, yeah, fit, I think he comes straight back in.
2: Another, another point
3: for me is, is the wings, though, like someone mentioned. Do they go with Ruko Iwani again um, or potentially bring in Julian Savia, just because of the experience, if anything else. And, you know, Dag at, at fullback, so you'd have um, Julian Savia on one wing. Um, you know, what, what, what are we going to do with that back through?
2: I think you have to have Dag at fullback. He's, he's a classy, classy fullback, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And you've got, you know, Julian Savia is another sort of hot and cold player, Um, But when he's on form, he's on form. He's been there before, and Hansen has, I think, sort of used tactical dumpings in the past where players have been dropped from the side um, to give them a bit of uh, incentive. TJ Perenara was a good example of that, and he came back in the best form he's ever been in. Um, Dagg, on the bigger picture, uh, got left out of the World Cup and came back, um, almost back to his old self again. So it's a possibility that he'll bring Savia back in um, uh, to prove himself again.
1: Yeah, there's no one really else, there. you're going to play a fullback, is there, really? I mean, Dag's by far, um, at international level, tried and true tested player that you know is going to to the best take the high balls, which are going to get kicked out of throat, as always. Um, for me, the question is, like, just the wings, because you've got to have guys that can help Dag out at fullback, and that's when you go and look at the Savillas and the players like that, and how much help are they really going to be to Dag under the high ball, the high ball and game. That, kicking that kicking game that this the series, series just seems to rotate around as well? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I mean Dag took some flack um, during the week for dropping the ball and stuff. Um, so, I, uh, and I personally, uh, whilst I'd love to be the, um, the one to disagree with you all and, and cause a bit more discussion, um, I have to agree. I think on, on Saturday night, no one was catching the ball in the air. If you jumped up to catch the ball, you dropped it on the hole. Uh, in the second half, there were a couple taken, but definitely initially it was every, everyone was spilt, whoever it was. So, yeah, I think you stick with Dag at the back. Um, I don't think Naholo did anything wrong. Uh, Rico just went missing.
2: I also think as a Hurricane supporter, I'm obligated to call for a Corey Jane. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. That's that's uh, well, there is a man who can handle the high ball, but he's not in the squad. There is no way he's getting uh, getting called up. But, um, uh, yeah, it's I, I, I think he'll stay with Rico. Uh, he's a young kid I, and he's learning. Uh, but, um, I can see the argument for bringing Julian back in.
1: Oh, dear Corey Jane, of all people. I thought you would have gone with Milner Scudder at least, go with someone who's you know the future. Yeah, he's looked a bit, um.
2: A bit average, average coming back, but I'd put that down to lack of game time, I'd say. The guy's yeah. a special talent.
0: I know this guy's had also have the whole season off mm-hmm. through injury. Um, so, yeah, he's going to take some time. You he definitely looked
1: confident. really lively, though, in the matches I've seen him play. Like, uh, against the Lions and that, he, he still has that spark. The guy is, I think think he's such a a a positive
2: example of of what rugby can be. You know, every time you see him interviewed, he's this this really humble guy. guy. He's He's just just grateful grateful to have have been involved at all, let alone uh, the fact that his uh, international international career career is really really just starting. starting. And, uh, you know, you never see him sort of moping or complaining or suggesting that something might have been someone else's fault. And it'll be great to see him back up to his full potential.
3: Just just on the Lions, um, I, I wonder if Gatlin gives um Noel the start, you know. Anthony Watson, okay. But, but I, just, I, I just feel that Noel had against the Chiefs in particular, he did enough for me to want it to why I can handle it in the starting environment. I mean his stability is just credible. So I'll, I'll
0: Okay, I'll, I'll pin my colors to the mast here. I'm an extra Chiefs fan, uh, and so yes, I am a, uh, a Jack now fan um, through and through. Uh, he is – his top end speed isn't quite there, but he is extremely nippy. He's very difficult to get the first hit on. He generally misses – he generally breaks the first tackle, um, and yeah, off the mark he can be quick. Uh, so uh, um, I guess a bit Mil- – kind of like I said, has got more top end speed. Uh, so. Um, but I think Anthony Watson has been absolutely solid. If I was going to bring him in, I'd probably bring him in for Daly, rather than mm-hmm. for Anthony Watson, who's not the natural winger. He's much—he he's, plays his club rugby at centre, um, and so uh, yeah, I'd, I would personally have put put him in at um, um, for 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 Daly. I can't see there being any other changes. To I mean, there's, there's some talk of Macovan and being dropped, uh, but uh, the way that Gatlin's been playing his front rows, to me, it's always been he's been picking them as units not as individual players.
2: Yeah, and I think many of the calls for Vinopola to be dropped have been because he's turned into a bit of a penalty magnet after having basically a meltdown in the previous tests. But the problem is you're going to replace him probably with Mahler, who's equally a penalty magnet um, and offers less, I would say. So it's, it's hard to see him dropping Vinopola given the options that he has to replace him Yeah, I'm totally
1: surprised, yeah, I surprised that I went to with Noel. I mean with um, Daly on the wing to start with, because I... I don't, you know, he's not a straight winger, but I think the reason Gatman has gone, has gone he's safe, he does, he does the basics basic. well, he catches ball, he makes his tackles, and he's kind of that, kind of that consistent of that sort of player, whereas, I don't know, from what I've seen of Noel over this whole series, he's pretty hot and cold in places, and seems I don't know if he's like that at club level, but he seems very confidence um, orientated. So if something goes wrong, you know, it's kind of like the old um, Carlos Spencer sort of days when it all goes downhill if he starts to lose a bit of the, the confidence in his ability. So I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him, but just suggestions from that, you know, when when it's cold, it's ice cold with Noel, but Daly's just solid.
0: I think something that um, Jack Noel seems to. I don't know why, but his first game in New Jersey seems to go badly. Uh, it, did, it did when it did for England um, against uh, against France the very first ball, he was in line for the first kickoff and drops the ball straight away and had a and had a bad, and had a bad game um, again for the Lions his first game uh, was against Rikoani at the Blues he got isolated uh, by the inside defenders not giving him the cover and yeah he got made to look um, look bad so um, yeah I think he grows into a jersey. Rather than and gets and then feels comfortable in the environment rather uh, and doesn't feel comfortable initially. Um, to give you an idea as to kind of the club his background, why I'm saying that at Exeter Chiefs um, the guys he plays with um, are Luke Cowandicky, who he went to play school with, um, <laughs> the um, Henry Slade, uh, Sam Hill, uh, Ewers. Um, who else was Jack Arnott was there as well. I, all of them came through the academy together. Now Jack Arnott's moved away, uh, Joe Collins moved away, but they all came through the through, through the academy together. They all played England under twenty ones uh, under twenties together. Um, he, his his background is always is is in a very comfortable environment that he knows um, with his mates. Um, so when he gets into these new environments, I think he takes a while to settle. That's my my take. So uh, any last points on that? Uh, sorry, chance for William Per on bench with McGrath starting. Yeah, that's what people are talking about rather than. Um, and sorry, that's from uh, Derek O'Donnell. Uh, that's from that's what people talk about. Rather than, um, I don't think Joe is getting anywhere near the squad. Uh, it's, the, it's a question of those who saw. I say, I don't think so because of the units.
1: Well, there's an interesting stat on here by rugbyreferee.net that is uh, that Roman Plot, however you say his name properly, has penalized Marler more times than anyone else in the Lions tour across all levels of rugby. So take that if you want to believe it. Well, um... <laughs> super stat. <laughs>
0: See, this is, see, rugby numbers, see, um, Will, this is why we've got you on. Your rugby numbers, you're supposed to be the stats and uh, algorithm man. Um, so, anyway, let's move on to question three. Um, what was your moment of last weekend's super rugby games where all the South African teams are playing again?
1: Oh, go the mighty, the Kings. mighty Kings. Yeah, it has to be the Kings.
3: Uh, to be honest, I didn't watch, but, um, yeah, Kings, good to see them get a win. I hate the Kings, but, but you know, I, I hate all South Africa rugby, so. Oh.
2: Why <laughs> Just losing viewers and listeners at the drop <laughs> of a hat.
3: Oh, my bad, <laughs> sorry guys.
2: Though hey, I was
0: aiming for a New Zealand audience, so it's okay if we. that's the uh... yeah,
2: we can bag the South African teams. Okay. I, said, no, I, I was um I was pretty. I've I've been keeping a, an eyeball on the Kings this season because they have really uh, exceeded expectations. I mean, to be fair, expectations were very low, but they've exceeded them a lot. They've, they've um. Uh, I made a comment earlier on my site about how their upset over the Waratahs has basically defined the season for both of those teams. And I, I, I had the Kings. I gave them a, a, basically a 1-4 in four chance to beat the Jacks last week, um, which I think was higher than uh, other, others had given it. And it's almost getting to the point now where it's not considered an upset, I'd say. They're starting to beat some decent teams, or at least come close. And uh, it's been a vastly improved... Uh, Offense that, I, that I've that i seen. Um, they still leak a lot of points, but they're actually able to score some, which historically has been their problem. Um, and they are also, I would say, the most improved team so far this season. You've seen some improvements in some other teams like the Blues, for example, who have definitely um, come a long way. Um, and uh, the Force have, have made a bit of an improvement. Well, I think the Kings have really stepped up, and it's it's, uh, it's actually quite a shame to think that they might be gone next season, given uh, the the effort they've been making this season. Uh, there's definitely precedent for poor teams turning themselves around. The Lions were dreadful for a very long period of time. They they just lost so many matches, and then uh, they just turned it around, and to the point where they were runners up. You know, so yeah, you can't they, just write they... them off early on uh, into their Super Rugby. Um, three years, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and that year they were out of Super Rugby was the defining moment for them. I I had an interview with the head of performance um, from the Lions, and he said that that's where they built, uh, they they had had a choice there. Either they collapsed and went bust and they never existed again, or they came back uh, stronger and they decided, obviously, clearly to the second. They got the right structures in place and, uh, and hey, that's where they are now. It's going to be interesting to see next season how they go without um, their head coach because uh, um he's obviously been a big part of that. Uh, and um and obviously at the weekend they beat the Suns ninety four seven, which um is a uh, makes a bit of a mockery of the of, of, of the tournament to be honest.
3: So we, we still don't know the teams from Esa that are gonna be dropped out from Super Rugby, is that right? Or did I miss the announcement?
2: No, I think there's been a lot of talk about um, the Cheetahs and the Kings being the two that are likely to go. Um, there's been some comments about them moving to the Pro 12, um, although I don't understand the full details, but talking to a South African friend of mine, uh, the involvement of the Kings in Super Rugby is fairly politically uh, uh, complicated, shall we say, and um, it is viewed by some to be a bit of a, um, it has a bit of a safety net uh, through the politics that go on over there, uh, and there were some comments that the Bulls could potentially see themselves uh, at risk. Um, I think that's unlikely, They're The only South African team to have actually won the competition, for example, not recently, but uh, I think it's pretty much a given it's going to be the Cheetahs and the Kings.
0: Well, okay, so I'll, I'll throw a rumor out there that's that's, that's different, and um, this wasn't really the topic we was supposed to talk talking about. But anyway, uh, is that, um, I've heard a rumor that if the they can get an agreement with the Pro 12 that. Basically, all of South African rugby moves over to the Pro 12 after the next TV media um, rights, which will be after 2019, Um, then we'll actually see the sharks and the bulls um, leading the way and moving this year. So,
2: okay, well, um, that, I hadn't heard that one, so that's, that's pretty interesting.
0: So, uh, it's not one from mainstream media, so it could really be absolutely dodgy, and it probably is, but it's um, well,
2: let's, let's per- perpetuate it then, <laughs> and put it out there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the other option is that, yeah, it's not the Kings and the Cheetahs, and actually, because a, uh, a lot of the requirements from the Pro 12 have been that there are springboks in the sides that play in the Pro 12. What yeah, they don't you... want to do is take on two more Italian teams.
2: Yeah, if you think about it, um, if you're the South African rugby union and you're sending a couple of teams to a new market, effectively, you're not going to send your two worst ones, right? You're going to want to give new fans a reason to uh, support the teams.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and also, um, you're obviously going to be trying to sell um, new TV rights in South Africa about it um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to go um, with those two. Um,
2: uh, it's probably, probably worth mentioning, mentioning um, uh, that the Bulls upset balls the Sharks, the Sharks as, well. as well I think that I think would have uh, I, think, I, I think that's, that's the second, second time, time they've beaten them this season if I'm correct uh, I might I have might to go, go back, back and check, and check that, that one, one. <laughs> but, but uh, that was definitely well I don't know it's hard to say whether the Sharks were dreadful the Bulls were better than expected or a combination of both
0: I mean, I've only seen highlights of all the games but um, the, the Bulls definitely look, definitely look better than they have done um, in the past, uh, the um, their inside centre, and I've just gone totally blank as to who it is. Um, Serpentine, isn't it? I think it is. Um, yeah, it was uh, has has stepped up. Um, someone I think that um, from right from right, isn't he the guy that's part of their 90, blah, 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 so twenty twelve uh, under twenties um, junior rugby championships winning side, I think, um, and. Um, he uh, so yeah so he's looked very good. I think he was playing in the uh, playing for the box as well. So they have they have definitely stepped up um, from the break. Um, and um, before we move on to the next question, what I, um, one stat I saw was um, Ryan Cumbrink making a hundred and twelve. Actually, I mean, let me. I've actually got it open here because I thought this was a very cool stat. Um, except it's just refreshing now. Um, was one thousand two hundred plus meters running with ball in hand, um, which is more than most teams will do um, in a game. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the team that's run a, a kilometre with ball in hand generally has had a very, very good game. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of nuts. And it was also off something like nine runs as well. So it's was something crazy that uh, uh, I can't be that low connect because otherwise that's the length of the pitch. Um, but um, the, uh, it was off um, a, a very low number of, of runs as well.
1: But there's no real advantage here for the bulls, though. this season's over. Like sure, they've beaten the sharks and all that stuff, but this season's done. so they've they've got no real gain except for just to be spoilers. The sharks are already confirmed to be the the um wild card spot in South Africa as well. so th- there was very little riding on this round of super rugby for any of the sides.
0: Uh, actually, for um, the, the only thing that I think is left up for grabs is seedings. We know who the eight teams are that are going to be the quarterfinals, uh, and yeah, it just comes down to seedings from the last couple of rounds of games, uh, really.
2: Yeah, so the Lions um, will be particularly pleased with their result because if it comes down to sort of points, different differential, and so on, they've done themselves a big favour.
0: They have, and you'll be able to go and watch the Crusaders for their last game when they um, play visits the Hurricanes uh, in Wellington, uh, which is uh, so that's uh, they haven't got an easy game to finish either. So let's move on next then. So Argentina lost both their games comfortably to England. I mean, they they, they beat Georgia, but Georgia had never beaten a tier one side. So that should not have been a big big surprise. The Haguaris won something. It was four out of their first five games with three of them at home. Um, But since then, really, have only won like one game um, and have have lost to the force and have lost to the Kings um, now as well. So have Argentina got the model wrong? Of trying to, of only picking home-based players when they've only got one team.
3: No, no, no not at all. I, I think that um, Argentina are going to front for that rugby championship. You know, um, they, they've shown them, not this year, okay, but you know, in previous big matches, they, they've shown that they can beat top top teams, and and I reckon within the next couple of years they they're gonna even come seriously close to, or they're probably going to beat the All Blacks. But, um, yeah, I I don't read too much into that.
1: No, I'm on the same boat with that. I, I really rate the Argentinian side. I think they have a lot of quality, quality players. Um, I don't, I don't uh, think they've gone with a bad model by, by, um, having homegrown players. I just think that they have, um, a lot for those homegrown players to do. And they're expanding their player base, uh, quite exponentially over the last few years as well getting a lot of new players coming through uh, it's I think it's only still up for Argentina um, they've got some stars in there I think they just need to keep on doing what they're doing and just keep progressing we've already seen them in super rugby they have improved at least and it's better you know than going backwards so it's a forward step and um, yeah just just keep on going for them Yeah, I definitely agree with that. When when I watch the Hakawaos play, I'm reminded
2: of what the Hurricanes used to be like, which is sort of a lot of flair but without the finesse to actually finish off uh, the things that they're trying. trying. You know, you see a lot of of offloads and and line breaks breaks and things things. that all just sort of break down 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 when they get close to the line. And so I think it's just a matter of time before they start to get it together and they'll be a really powerful side and that's obviously going to have a flow on effect to the... The national team as well, right? Because uh, their, their performance seems to have gone pretty much hand in hand this year.
0: No, it has, and I guess that to me, to me, that's that's the the issue. Is we're asking too few players to do too much. Um, I don't think uh, there's any country that's that's managed to run a decent national team off only one uh, home team. Uh, and if you look at Scotland, they've lacked. they, they they've, they've I mean they've got two two um, professional teams in Scotland. And they found that's not a big enough player base for their for their international team. They have to pick up from abroad. Um, so I, I I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here with you guys. I think that um, you need more than one team um, to one club team to run to, to create competition uh, for a national team.
1: I do agree, yeah, that, I they agree that, they that they need more than one team. Oh, sorry, team. Um, but uh, they just have so many players. Um, if they had more than one team, is good. I'm not saying they don't. Um, but I just think that they need to keep home ground players. is definitely what they do. I don't think going abroad is going to help them any way whatsoever. And the, the final point on them for me is what Hamish has said in the comments on, uh, on YouTube There is about the travel, which is a huge factor. Um, We've gone all over the place, all over the globe to play their games. So, um, fatigue, travel, um, and just trying to grow your player base in such a you know, one team uh, is really the <laughs> thing for them.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: I think there's one um, uh,
2: downside to what they're doing, which is worth pointing out, which is that they're going to end up putting their players in the position of making a choice. Do you want to play for national team or do you want to earn big money in France? And uh, you're starting to see a trend where players are picking the, picking the, picking the big money, which is an entirely valid and sensible thing to do. But I think they run the risk of losing some of their talent, uh, some of the offers that these French clubs are making and other European clubs. It would be pretty hard to say no to.
3: Oh, I can't stand French rugby. Um, you know, there's well, I, 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 <laughs> the pimple on the buttocks of world rugby. I'm sorry, but um, just just on that, <laughs> um, I, I'd be quite happy to meet with the sun Sunwolves and have two Argentine teams. There you go. Discuss.
0: Well, I was going to say I was just going to pull a comment off um, off, <laughs> off her um, Twitter, um, which um, was Sanzo um, need um one aussie team or one south african team being axed um to be relocated to argentina um so which i guess is similar to what you're saying here is that that wolves should go uh, and uh, allow a second argentinian team um, instead i I guess the thing there is money isn't it that's the The reason there is a team in japan is because japan uh, is the second or third largest economy in the world uh, and if you crack that you'll there's this cash there's enough cash for everybody uh, and you can start competing with France. Uh, if you don't, uh, if, if you turn you turn back on that and try and uh, uh, fund, a, fund a competition out of Argentina, you're not going to be paying very much money for players um, at the end of the day.
1: That's the same you know, reason that? why we've got South Africa as well, with yeah. six teams.
0: The, um, uh, yeah, exactly. That's why you got South Africa, because again, South Africa is it, a net contributor to Sanzar cash-wise. Um, and therefore, you have to, to a certain degree, keep them happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, and so, I, yeah. Personally, I think that they that until they get a second team, they need to say something like um, three quarters of the squad will be from the Haguaris, um, and we're allowed six or seven as uh, I mean, means to, to the wider player squad uh, players from your um, wild card selections, which is what Wales have gone down the route of where Gatland has. Um, I think it's three wild card selections into. Uh, his squad. Um, so I think, personally, I think they need to go down that route and have some sort of wild cards uh, in the same way that Wales do. Uh, not that it's helped Wales that much.
2: Do you think, even with those wild cards, he's probably a bit reluctant to choose players that aren't Welsh?
0: Well, oh no, he's still picking players who are Welsh. He's just not playing picking players who are Welsh playing in Wales. So, for example, Halfpenny plays in Toulon, uh, George North plays uh, uh, for Northampton Saints in England. Um, so, uh, those are the players that he's picking.
2: Um, yeah, no, sorry, just a dumb dumb joke there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, there's an interesting comment from um, Hugh Rothwell on Twitter, just going back to um, the impact of having uh, one Argentine team uh, for super rugby. He says, makes you wonder what impact a Pacific Island super rugby team would have on the national sites. Oh,
3: um, no, please, no, no.
2: You're not in favour of a um, no. Pacific Island super rugby team? No,
3: no. And and, uh, you know, there's no real uh intelligence behind that. Just uh you know, it's just my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well they talk about segues and stuff on radio, so let's just let's just move on to that. Bowman has Bill Bowman has backed the idea of Pacific Island team um into uh, a major competition. That's how he put it. Um we also had Ben Ryan uh fronting up saying, I have a um I have a group of people willing to fund a uh, Fiji, a, a, a super rugby team in Fiji. Uh, so, um, where 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 will they fit in? Um, as I say, Bill Bowman said, major competition rather than super rugby di- directly
2: well what are they trying to achieve they bring teams in they cut teams out they talk about bringing more teams in again Uh, from a fan's point of view it is hard to understand what they're trying to accomplish it looks like what they're trying to accomplish is an american style uh, conference system where you have large numbers of teams from different geographical areas sort of playing their own um, sort of sub series and then playing the winners of each of those against each other it looks like that's what they're trying to achieve but if you look at the map of the world trying to do that in the Southern Hemisphere around the Pacific Ocean just seems like madness, really. And I think this year has shown um, you kind of need to go really big or or not at all. There doesn't seem to be a comfortable middle ground. Um, I think most people would agree that the last couple of seasons of Super Rugby have been difficult to follow, difficult on the players, and have in some ways – it is hard to claim that these teams that are winning or even making the playoffs are the best ones to be there because they've benefited from the conference system. So I think um, there's definitely arguments to be made in favour of further expansion, but it just seems a little directionless at the moment.
3: Exactly. And um, a perfect example of that right now is the Lions. You know, I mean, they could... I mean, I think they're going to make the finals, but, I mean, they haven't even played a Kiwi side you know, and and I mean to bring in, as, as bad as it sounds, to bring in a Pacific team to this competition is just going to have the same effect as the Sunwolves, and even to a certain standpoint, the Hagwari's, it's just are they there to really compete and test opposition? They're not, they're there to make up the numbers, bring in more money, and it's just
2: yeah. Well, there's another argument to be made, which is that, strictly speaking the Super Rugby teams aren't uh, geographically based as such, the franchises. The, and so you could argue that these Pacific Island players have plenty of opportunities to play super rugby. They can do it in any of the existing teams. And that's, in fact, what we're seeing. Um, I think the problem with that is the effect it has on their national sides. right? That's really the only downside. No one's saying that these um, players from Fiji, Tonga, Samoa don't have opportunities to play professional rugby. Uh, I guess they have to be prepared to move to New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, or any of the other countries. France. France, yes, um, and so it's not like they're missing out in that sense, but what they are missing out on is um, the potential benefits that uh, a professional club team would have on their national side yeah. or sides. I guess
0: there are two sides I think. one of the things um, that, that um, I'm assuming you guys will we'll know as, as living in New Zealand uh, is the fam- how, how important family is to the in Pacifica culture
1: Yeah Yeah Going- Back, back to what you were saying before about Sanzar, though. Um, have comments on that.
0: Um, sorry, have, sorry. sorry. Have struggled um, a lot uh, we we've, we we've seen people commit suicide uh, and other and, and players be uh, taken advantage of as well. So this is an opportunity for these guys to play rugby, uh, earn a living, without having to leave home. Uh, and that's part of it. Uh, there's also, um, you say, benefiting the national side, but also there is, uh, there's this... Um, as we've seen with the with the upcoming increase from three to five years of residency, there is uh, a public perception that uh, there are too many players getting into other sides because of residency, uh, and so maybe. And so the other thing is, yeah, giving people opportunities to earn a living um, and still play for their national, play for the for their island sides, uh, rather than having to play for England, where you get twenty thousand um, pounds a game. Uh, is kind of is, those are the solutions. Those are the problems they're trying to solve with this, uh, more than trying to solve super obese problems and provide competition.
2: Yeah, perhaps um, just I uh, may have been a little critical of Sansa. I said they, they seem directionless. I think that's perhaps possibly from bad communication rather than an actual lack of direction. But like from a fan's point of view, it is very difficult to understand um, some of the decisions they're making. Um, uh, there's a comment here um, on Twitter um, who, who just, Hugh Rothwell, suggests that uh, Pacific Island teams' inclusion in super rugby would have to be part of a major restructure rather than a straight expansion. Uh,
0: I, I agree, and I think um, one of the topics we will talk about in a future episode of this will be what is the structure of super rugby going to look like um, after the next Rugby World Cup when the next, next round of media rights come in, um, because I think that is when the next big shake-up is going to come. Um, I can't see there being much change between now um, and then. um, But I think that's something that that we could easily spend a good uh, 20 minutes, half an hour talking about. So, um, yeah, I certainly agree. I think there is a a major restructuring of global rugby about to happen, um, not just super rugby.
1: Hmm. But you say that that about about Sensa, and I I question whether Sensa really have any plan about what the hell they're doing because they seem to not even know what they're doing next year, let alone in five years time or ten years time. And the the problem I find with uh Pacific Island teams, not um that they're bad players or they won't support their team or anything like that, but it's all money. It's all business orientated. It's all can they um support their side? How much is Sansa gonna have to help them? How much is World Rugby gonna have to help them? Who's gonna help them? Where's the money come from to pay for everything that's the biggest issue nothing to do with the players there's, there's no question that the talent is there no question at all um but it's just money it's business and that's the that's the biggest issue and i think sadly
2: that's the way it has to be if there's no money then the teams are going to fail i think i think that's a fairly broad statement but i think that's true i think they have to treat it like that uh, otherwise they're just setting themselves up for failure
0: The, uh, yeah, any comments on here? Um, we need the dollars from the wall, Sunwolves, though, which is why someone's suggesting about uh, they'd rather see a Pacific Island team than a Sunwolves team. Uh, and yeah, that's very true, I mean, that's what we were talking about either, earlier, was that it's about trying to get into the Japanese um, the Japanese market um, there as well.
2: Well, they're definitely giving it their best shot. I don't know if you've seen some of the merchandise that's available for the Sunwolves supporters, but it puts every other team to shame.
0: And for a team that's only won one game, they... Get, they get crowds like nobody else in Japan. Um, the, uh, if we think that Argentina, the, the Haggai's have got a, a poor deal, um, the deal that the wolves have is even worse, where they have to play half their home games away in Singapore in front of two men and a dog. Having lived in Singapore, uh, people do not turn up to these events. We used to have a, um, a Sevens World Series event there, um, and you could just walk up and walk in uh, and buy a ticket on the day and basically have your choice of any seat in the ground because there would be less than a tenth of the ground full um, in the old days. As I, they, lost, they lost it for a while, and they've got one back again. And again, um, having seen pictures, there wasn't a great crowd. There was a good crowd, but that was the first year back. My guess is that novelty factor will die off um, and there'll be even less again this year um, turning up for that event. So uh, um, the Australian Basketball Association tried to put a team up there and failed. No one turned up or watched it. Singaporeans don't go watch sport, on the whole, um, and I think it's that's a uh, a bad choice of um, uh, of, of them. I think they should be allowed to build their home um, crowds and also not have to travel quite so much as well.
3: That will um, be the next thing: the All Blacks game taking place in Singapore.
0: Well, I suppose well, New Zealand um, uh, rugby want to have more international games. Mm-hmm. And why? Because it means they get more money um, to be able to try and pay their players enough so they don't all leave to go to France and England at the end of the day. Um, we, can, we can complain about there being too much rugby and player welfare and all this kind of stuff. Um, but um, at the end of the day, the, the reason the All Blacks are playing games in Chicago um, is because it's, it's to try and fund uh, New Zealand rugby to, be able to afford to keep their players. Um, really. Mm-hmm. So, let's move on to next week then. Uh, and So, let's get your predictions. First up, we have clearly the... Actually, no, let's leave that one to the end and let, let's run through. Um, we have a round of Super Rugby games uh, coming up between the South African and Australian sides. So, first up is Reds versus Brumbies. How do we see that one going, boys?
1: Brumbies, all the way easy, I think, on that one. I think the Brumbies have, have shown um, that you can build a game plan around... A team that's developing quite a lot because they lost a boatload of players. I've said it a number of times this season. Um, Everyone expected the Brumbies. I've seen them, people predicting to finish dead last in the Australian Conference, which, you know, is a bit insulting with the way the Rebels have been. Um, But uh, they've really shown up. They've really shown up. They've they've put together a good blank game plan with, you know, players no one really knows. And um, they seem to play their strengths and they avoid what they're weak at. And teams, they haven't seemed to develop the way to steer them away from that too much, maybe apart from the New Zealand sides. But generally, in Australia, at least, at least they, they perform pretty strongly, strongly there. I think that's
2: true. I agree with that. And I think they've also benefited enormously from the um, Waratahs' performance this season, who have just sort of removed themselves as their uh, primary in competition for the conference top spot. Um, it's, uh, but that's not to take away from the Brumbies have obviously been performing. You don't win a conference if you don't perform. Uh, um the Reds have been an interesting one this season. There was a lot of hype pre-season. Great, great looking roster. You know, Here, This is going to be their sort of season to make a comeback. And they just haven't, really. They, they, they sort of have sat somewhere in the middle. They, they haven't been awful, but they haven't been fantastic either. I think they've um, run a couple of good teams quite close. Um, and I can see them definitely um, keeping up with the Brumbies for some of the match, but I can't see them.
3: Yeah, I'll take the Brumbies as well.
0: Bonus point win. Oh, bonus point win! Wow, that's uh, that's a big call. Uh, yeah, the the Reds are, pro- pro- are going to be the strongest team on paper in Australia, uh, but they are one. But they just can't put it onto the on, onto the grass. Um, there is some good work by Ben Darwin talking about uh, uh, combinations, and basically they had a, they just, as you say they brought in a lot of new players, and they just don't have the combinations. We'll um, be interesting to see if Genier goes back there. Because uh, he's supposed to return to Australian Rugby next year. So yeah, I agree, Brumbies um, to win that one. Um, Force versus Rebels. Ooh,
1: that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I I think the I think the Force will win that one. I the Force don't seem to be a team that can dominantly you know control a game and 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 win it away. And the Rebels, I'm still going back to it. They played forty minutes of amazing rugby um, not long before the international break. The Rebels have got enough talent, I think, um, to still. Challenge a team like the force who themselves aren't amazing improved. Yes, but Australia is pretty uh, weak at the moment. The rug is pretty weak. Um, it could be close I'll pick the force by a whisker just because I think um, overall better squad and have had a better season and the Rebels can capitulate pretty quickly and pretty easily So I'll go the force but I think the Rebels should, should give them a good run for their money yeah i mean it's
2: it's a, a literally a fight for survival you would think these are the two teams that are allegedly on the chopping block although who knows what's happening with that i think it's been a lot more than the original three days that the aru uh, said they would make their decision in and it's turned a bit nasty there have been some uh, pretty uh inflammatory press releases on either side uh, coming out and um uh, i'm just glad that uh, i'm not a part of that but uh I mean, you've seen a lift in performance, especially, I think, from the Force, but somewhat from the Rebels as well, uh, in response to the the threat of exclusion that they're facing. And it's going to be fantastic. I suspect it'll be a fairly uh, heated game with a few uh, uh, bits of niggle on and off the ball, I expect. Um, still saying the Force uh, should, I think, they'll easily beat the Rebels.
3: Yeah, Force will win. It's in Perth, isn't it? It's in Perth, yep. yep, yep. Force, force will win, but it'll be close. <clears throat> Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm back
0: in the force to be quite comfortable winners. Uh, I think they, um, uh, they they have improved since being under threat whereas the Rebels to me had a dead cat bounce. Um, they had a couple of games where they improved and then they just reversed, reverted to mediocrity. Which is really sh- real shame because I did an article about them two years ago saying that, they'd, uh, um, that, that, that they had a breakthrough season um, and then they just went and regressed after that. Um, it shows you what I know. Uh, next up, um, Rorotar's hosting the Haguara's
1: Oh god. The Waratahs. Um, I can't. I can't support the Waratahs. Uh, go the Huguenots. Uh, big win on the road, um, which the Haguaras don't like. But uh, I'm just going with my heart on this one over my head. Uh, the Waratahs just seem like headless chickens running around the field. They just seem to have no idea what they're doing, no plan, um, no real initiative of anything. Um, they're frustrating to watch, and I don't like the Waratahs. And I still find it frustrating when they can't catch a ball and they just uh, just seem at complete sea with what they're doing. Um, I'm picking the Hugwars to come out and have a Stormer on the road. That, that's my one. And hopefully they do it as well. Also on that last match, an interesting point is that uh, if the Western Force do win uh, and the Waratahs lose, which hopefully, um, they'll be second. Just keep that in your hats in Australia. Yeah, that's, that's
2: definitely, uh, gosh, the Waratah season would just slipping away from them isn't it I, uh, I mean they were the champions not that long ago um, I, th- I, think, I think they're at home going to keep it together I think uh, the Jaguars, the Jaguares, are just probably one of the most unpredictable teams they should win a lot of the time and they just don't um, so I'd, I'd give the Waratahs probably about a 2-1 to Waratahs one
3: of the worst teams in the comp um, but I'm predicting that they will win and there'll be another example that these Hagwari's and tier new teams to Super Rugby are just not cutting the mustard Waratah's easy.
0: Yeah, I think uh, also the Waratahs will, will win it. Um, I just think the Hagwari's will try too many offloads and make too many mistakes and yeah, the Waratahs will, will come through. Uh, heading over to South Africa, so with the resurgent bulls against the resurgent, uh, resurgent kings
1: i can't i can't stray away from my kings i'm afraid i just enjoy watching the kings too much uh they they're explosive and expensive exciting um and it's just good to see a team looking like they're actually wanting to play they're actually wanting to get out there they've You know you got nothing to lose it's all on the line Um, on the other side things of course the Bulls yeah improved much better Um, but we've been far from seeing a a very good Bulls team this year Um, they've been fairly average throughout the whole thing and can I see them stringing two good performances together seems unlikely Uh, Kings give them a run uh, by two points yeah well
2: I mean the Kings are another team that is uh got a point to prove right but I mean obviously they're uh, no chance of making the playoffs but they want to demonstrate that they deserve to be in Super Rugby it, it may be completely out of their hands well I suppose it is but uh, I, I still can't see them um, beating the Bulls away from home I'm going to go for the Bulls quite uh, a close match
3: Probably got about as much interest in this as watching um, a Pacific side in Super Rugby <laughs> Um Seriously, I, I I'll go the Bulls.
0: Um, so I'm I'm going Bulls as well, but that's be, um, but I'm doing that on the off the back of the fact that the Kings have had to travel all the way to Argentina and back again, um, and so I think the travel is going to be the uh, the telling factor, um, and that the Kings will uh, win this one. Uh, sorry, the Bulls will win this one because of the Kings' travel um, more than anything else. Um, so the last Super Rugby game of the weekend, which I'm sure Mike will not care about either, um, Stormers versus the Sunwolves.
1: Uh, this should be a pretty easy one, really, for the Stormers. Uh at home, they got you know a good season behind them. The Stormers, uh, they've had a decent year. They've wrapped up their conference. They're so far ahead, um, in Africa One that it doesn't even matter what they do from here on in. Uh the Sunwolves, oh, the Sunwolves, they they were dreadful last week. Any team that loses that badly, it's it's hard to pick them. And really, they're only a good pick when they're at home. Um, uh, if they're on the road, it's even. Even harder to give them more than one percent chance of winning this one. Segway, beautiful. Yeah, I'd have to agree.
2: Um, they're just such a frustrating team. I was pumped when they joined. I was probably one of the few people who was excited to see them come into the competition, and uh, they scored some some glorious tries in their first mm-hmm. few matches uh, when they had Tusi uh at ten, and, and they had some wonderful crossfield kicks and some good steps, and it was it was it was looking really promising, and then it just just plunged uh, down into uh cellar dwellers um i'd give i'd give the stormers you know high 90 percent chance of winning this one
3: um some rules beat the stormers and new ones no nah, i just kidding just kidding <laughs> stormers will win that one easy can you imagine it though just imagine so, it it would it would be fantastic
0: and um I know that uh, Steve loves my predictions as they they tend to be undercooked but even I'm going for the Stormers by 40 in this game. Whoa. Which um I never go more than 20. Uh, I very rarely go more than 15. Um so uh but yes I I think uh, having if the Cheaters beat the Sunwolves by 40 points and the Stormers beat the Chiefs last weekend they should be beating them by 40 points plus. Um that's my uh, that's my rationale there. So um that's it, folks. We have come to the end. Thank you very much, everyone who has watched, thank you everyone who's tweeted, everyone who has um, given us uh, has chatted on YouTube um, and also uh, listening on who's now listening on the podcast because I will be putting this out as a podcast as well. If you are, don't forget please subscribe to the podcast, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. give it all thumbs up, likes, shares, all of that kind of stuff. Um, it it's, uh, really does help. So um, thank you very much to my guests, um, Steve, where can people get hold of you?
1: Um, before I say we can get hold of me, haven't you forgot one important match that you wanted to do a prediction of? Ah,
0: <gasps> of course, yes, because um, that was at the top of my list, and I've gone and I've forgotten to go. And, and of course, I've, I decided on the fly I reversed order and messed up, didn't I? So, it is obviously the third test of the, of the of the Lions Tour All Blacks versus Lions. Uh, what's your predictions, guys?
1: Well, uh, fairly easy for me. as for stays 15 on 15. The All Blacks should win this one quite comfortably. Um just on on the effort of the last two games, you know, even with fourteen men, the Lions easily could have lost that game. First match was pretty much a, a good dominant win. So for me, All Blacks easily ugh, eighteen points.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. i uh, I can't see I can't see the All Blacks dropping this one. It's it's been a long time I think since they've lost two in a row, and they'll be very keen to make up for last week.
3: I'm going to do this in two parts. Um, prediction but also a want. so my prediction is that the All-Bats will win by 20 points but I want to see the Lions win because the, the the game, World Rugby needs the Lions to win, the all have had it their own way for so long and yes I'm a Kiwi yes I'm an all fan but you know what, the Eden Park Hood, it needs to end and I want it to end The Saturday go Lions
0: Wow, that is is a, a, a fantastic turn up for the books. Um loving it. Um I being a Lions fan, um I obviously want the Lions to win, um, but I just can't see it happening. I think the uh I'm I'm back in the all blacks to, I'm predicting the all blacks to win um probably by about seven is, is the is the margin I'm gonna go for, um not eighteen. That's uh that's that's, that's crazy talk.
1: Um, <laughs> hey, you said there. that two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> well, yes, true. Um so <laughs> There we go. So three, one on. Oh well, no, four predictions for 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 the uh, um, for the All Blacks, but two who want the Lions to win, uh, which is a nice, good balance. Um, so yes, now I can now now I can wrap up the show. And yes, like, share, uh, subscribe, all of that cool stuff. Steve, where can people get hold of you?
1: Uh you can find me Cornflakes Crib. You can get me there on Twitter at Cornflakes Crib, of course, on YouTube, the same thing, Cornflakes Crib. Uh you can find heaps of stuff like this, previewing rugby, um matches, uh gameplays of different things, all sorts of rugby gaming related, everything you could want, so you don't need to go anywhere else.
0: <laughs> oh, what it's it's area, me. Yes. So, um, <laughs> But the point is that it's gaming related. So if you're into your, your rugby uh, computer games, um, Steve's a great place to be. Um, Will, where can people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so uh, I like rugby. I like numbers, and my site is simply rugbynumbers.com. Very easy to remember. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at rugbynumbers. Uh, at the moment, I cover Super Rugby. I do uh, predictions for each match. I've got a method, a statistical method for ranking the teams. I chuck out the odd bit of analysis um, on who's having a good season, who's having a bad season, various bits and pieces. And stick around, because uh, during the off-season, I'm going to be expanding to cover international rugby as well. So that will be something to look forward to.
0: Now, the key difference between his predictions and mine are he is an algorithm. Um, so it's scientifically based, whereas I just go, mm, who am I feel like today? I think it's them. Um, so, that's, <laughs> um, so that's the difference between our, our predictions. And we did a competition last year, and I lost out to rugby numbers by one round. Um, so uh, so it was very close. Mike, how can people get hold of you?
3: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at real mike pullman. Uh, also, go to last on rugby I'm a oh, so called editor. No, nah, I, I write a lot of content um, for those guys. So go to last rugby uh, And yeah, YouTube, real Michael Pullman. Uh, just started my foray into um, post game reactions, not analysis, because I can't analyze anything. But um, yeah, so. You can find me everywhere.
0: Thank you very much, guys. Um, and one little comment. Steve, great uh, change to your backdrop there. I see so you got the flags up, um, hiding all the mess. That's fantastic.
1: Um, Does anyone know who they are? That's the question I have for the audience. I What'll remember
3: when they almost beat the Miami Heat, or oh, they looked like they were going to beat the Heat a few finals ago. You know, that series when LeBron James like had a meltdown and he like, ran all the way down the court. In that,
1: yeah, the paces are they're the also nearly halves of NBA. Ah, that's who they are. Cool. Someone's got to support them.
0: And so, uh, obviously, I am Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall. So at Driving Mall on Twitter and this uh, and this YouTube channel as well. So please do subscribe to this YouTube channel, uh, which is YouTube four slash C four slash uh, Driving Mall. Uh, and obviously, I am the host of Hash Every Chat, the new podcast. So please do subscribe. Thank you, everybody. And we will be missing next week, uh, but we'll be back on the 18th of July. So um, 8 p.m. New Zealand time, 18th of July, back on YouTube, and there will be another Hash Rugby Chat, and I will have a few of these guys along for the ride. Cheers.
3: Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys.